Today we're going to talk about time, to a degree, anyway. Time relative to the fact that, did you realize that God has a breakthrough for you? God has a breakthrough for you. In many cases, many of you have seen some breakthroughs. In many cases, you've experienced God's blessings. Well, that's how God works. God has breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Just when you receive a blessing from the Lord and you think, wow, this was great. Well, guess what? God has another blessing coming your way. He has many blessings. And we need to prepare ourselves and get to the point that we expect breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. But the thing is, like, how do you prepare for these breakthroughs? God will often send you a sign of that coming breakthrough. But are you prepared to hear it? Or are you too busy to hear him? Are you too busy to hear him? We've all noticed that the quality of reception of a cell phone or a radio or a Wi-Fi signal can vary widely. Many times you've gone someplace, you've taken out your cell phone and you see one bar or whatever and you wind up holding the thing up in the air and so forth like that's going to help. But anyway, we do it anyway. We lift the phone up trying to get a better, better signal. We all know that it can vary. Well, the same thing can happen to us. The same thing can happen to us if we are not correctly positioned to hear from God. However, if you're asking God for direction or decision making, if you're asking him for making a decision or where you want to go, there's one caveat. There's one requirement before God speaks. And that is you must decide to say yes. You must decide to say yes. It's saying it's saying, God, if you want me to move, I'll move. Got to be prepared. If you're asking God for direction, you have to also be prepared in your heart to say, God, if you want me to move, I'll move. If you want me to get married, I'll get married. Well, I don't think you want to do that again. Most of the people sitting here are married. But, but if, if you want me to get married, I'll get married. If you want me to leave this job, I'll leave this job. Before you even tell me, Lord God, my answer to you is yes. That's the condition that our hearts must be in. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. So are we in a position to hear from God? Sometimes we never give God a chance to talk to us. We've made up our minds. We want to do what we want to do. We're asking God for something. We're asking for direction. But we've already made up our minds that we want because we want to do what we want to do. Not what God may want us to do. Our hearts get hardened and then we wind up being unwilling to listen. But if you really, 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 really want to hear from God and what believer really doesn't, you have to understand what might be keeping you from hearing from God. There can be three mental barriers that keep your mind closed to God's message. Pride, fear, and just simply being too busy. We're going to touch on each one of those in a moment. And starting with pride, if you think you don't need God in your life and you want to handle things yourself, you're probably not listening for God to speak. Pride keeps you from being open to the possibility that God might want to say something to you. Pride says that I can do it myself. I can make this decision by myself. I don't need God to tell me what I need to do because I know what I need to do. Fear steps in there because a lot of people can't hear God speak because they're afraid to hear God speak. They're afraid to hear it. And that fear breaks down into two categories, basically. Maybe that person thinks that hearing God's voice may be some kind of a, makes you some kind of a religious fanatic. There are people actually that do not preach that hearing from God is possible. Or I should say there are many people that don't preach that hearing from God as possible because they think that it is something that is too, do, 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 you know, twilight zone. 
for you to hear from God or for you to be able to tell someone, well, God told me, God told me many times people are afraid to say that. They're afraid that they'll be judged, some sort of a religious fanatic. Well, I'm proud to say I'm a Jesus freak. I'm a Jesus fanatic. I don't mind saying that, yeah, I go by what the word of God says. And if you think me crazy because I say that God speaks to me, then so, then so be it. Because God may be speaking to you. And you may be on the short end of the stick because you don't believe that God can speak to you. So you write it off as gas and upset stomach indigestion when God is trying to talk to you. The other fear that many times happens is because people are afraid of what God is going to tell them. Okay? Deep down in our spirits, many times we realize that we may need to make a change. And we're praying to God and we're asking God, God, give me, give me a word. Let me hear from you. Let me hear from you. And then this little voice inside you, Holy Spirit, is telling you, well, this is what you need to change. But you don't want to make that change. You don't want to actually get down on your knees and pray to God and hear it officially from God. This is what I want you to do. So many times we put ourselves in a position that we don't really want to hear from God. The other category and the last one is just being too, too simply busy, too busy, simply being too busy. You can't hear God if your mind is crowded with other thoughts or concerns, particularly worries, plans and activities. You can spend so much time worrying and so much time planning that you can't hear God telling you exactly what it is you need to plan or exactly what it is you need to think about. You see, so we wind up being too busy, too busy, too busy to hear God's voice. If you're always listening to the radio or the TV or if you're involved with video games 24 seven, when God calls you, your circuits are going too busy. You've got to eliminate some of the distraction. You've got to eliminate some of the noise. If you've got so much going on in your life where there's friends pulling at you, there's family pulling at you, there's something pulling at you, there's something pulling at you, the neighbor next door is constantly coming over, can you feed my cats and whatever's going on. You've got all of these things going on in your life, you're running around, you're so distracted that you can't hear from God. You need to ask yourself, are your circuits, circuits, circuits too busy? Let's go through to familiar scripture here. Go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to look at the parable of the sower, which we've, we've all f- quite familiar with. We've been here before. But we want to see how this applies to us also being busy. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. We're going to look at how being preoccupied can make you, keep you so distracted that you can't hear from God. You're asking to hear from God, but we're so busy and we're running around, we're doing this, that, and the other, that we can't hear God's voice. And don't be afraid of hearing God's voice. You know, if you go about thinking, oh, gee, God's going to tell me what I was praying for is not what he wants me to have. Well, you're far better off having what God wants you to have than what you think wants you to have. God knows your future. God knows the things that lie before you. You don't. So while you may think that this thing that you're wanting for, this place you're wanting to go, this thing you're aspiring for, God knows what's out there. So you're better off listening to him. But Luke 8, verse number 7. This is going to take this one little snippet of the parable of the sower, verse number 7 for now. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. It's talking about seeds, of course. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it. And choked it. The seeds that were planted, there were weeds there. The weeds began to grow. The weeds begin to choke out the life of the vegetable or the plant. So it never bears fruit. So it never bears fruit. 
If any of us have tried to plant uh, uh, flowers or anything else in the garden, we know how weeds can quickly prop up and the weeds will eventually choke, choke out the fruit. Okay? The seeds were planted in and choke out the vegetable fruit so that it never bears fruit. So that the plant never bears fruit. Here's what Jesus says is the meaning of Luke 8, 7. And if you go to Luke 14, 8, 14, where Jesus explains it away, he told them this in parable form because they were asking him, what does it mean? And then he says in verse number 14, and that which fell among thorns are they which when they heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit, fruit to perfection. And that which fell among thorns are they, the people, which when they have heard the word, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring forth and bring no fruit to perfection and bring no fruit to perfection. Remember, you don't have to cultivate weeds. Weeds have a way of just kind of growing automatically. Matter of fact, I've passed some weeds on the highway that were so colorful and whatnot. I've said to my wife sometimes, gee whiz, they grow these. Maybe we should get some of those weeds and plant them. I mean, beautiful yellow flowers. I mean, I've seen some pretty weeds. Okay, and they don't take any care. I have to be out there, you know, you know, putting Scott's uh, fall, you know, stuff on it and all of that and cultivating. I mean, they're pretty. Weeds just have a way of growing. We're almost with no attention. You know, they grow automatically. In fact, weeds are a sign. Weeds are a sign of neglect. If you see weeds in your yard and in your garden, it could mean that you're not tending your yard or garden. The weeds in your spiritual life, the weeds in your spiritual life could be a sign that you're neglecting some time with God. That you're neglecting some time with God when these weeds start growing in your life. Worry. Worries are are weeds. When you're so busy with the problems and pressures of daily living, it makes it harder to hear God. If you've got these worries and you're constantly dwelling on them, it makes it harder to hear God. Riches, money, you can be so busy trying to pay your bills, so busy trying to get out of debt, that, uh, so busy trying to make more money, so busy to make sure you've got a bigger bank account, larger bank account, and so busy making a living that you don't make a life. How many people have had spreadsheets up the kazoo? I got a weekly spreadsheet, I got a monthly spreadsheet, I got an annually spreadsheet, a semi-annually one. I'm going to put this much in the bank, I'm going to save this. Oh, wait a minute, now i got to do this. Well, you sit down and you become an accountant over your money so much that you don't have time for God. See, these are weeds. These are weeds. Anything that winds up growing up, because what these weeds are doing, and all of this time that you're spending away from God, is as the, the, the parable says, it's choking off the seed. See? Now, if you think of God's words... As seeds, the seeds go forth. And you may have heard me pray this many times in in the opening of our sessions here. Lord, prepare their hearts and their minds and their spirits as fertile soil. I've prayed, receive the seeds of your word and let the seeds of your word get deeply planted in their spirit. You may have heard me pray that many times. okay? because God's words are seeds. And as they go into your spirit, they get they get they get planted there. okay? But if you are so preoccupied with the cares of this world, you're so preoccupied about worries, you're, pre- you're so preoccupied about with what may go wrong, or you're so preoccupied, you know, with, with somebody else that's out there, then that can wind up choking off that seed that you've just heard. They wind up choking it off because the seed doesn't have a chance to, 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 to grow. If you've been listening to prayers, and you should always listen when someone's up at a pulpit praying over the congregation, you should listen at what's being said. But then many times I'll say also that, Lord, after those seeds are planted, 
Let the light of Christ Jesus shine upon those seeds. Let those seeds, your word, let those seeds be watered by your Holy Spirit. I've prayed many times. So that those seeds, your word, those seeds of your word that's planted in their spirit, when watered by Holy Spirit in the light of Jesus shining on them, will bring forth fruit. Will bring forth fruit. That's been my prayer for you many times, whether you've noticed it or not. You see, because I know that 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 if those seeds are there and they're planted and they're watered and the light of Jesus is shining on you, they can't be choked off unless there are weeds there. Unless you let weeds come into your garden to choke off the word, you see. And we do that without thinking about it. We do that without thinking. About it. And that's been the, the subject of a few sermons over the last two or three weeks here is what you are. What are you thinking about? Because if you wind up thinking on all of these things that do nothing but tear you down then you're choking off the word of God, you see? Because when you're worrying about these things, and when you're thinking about these negative things, then you can't be thinking on and dwelling on God. You can't be worshiping him. You can't be praising him the way you should be praising him. You know, because it's hard. I mean, let's face it, and God knows it, but it's hard for us to get into, into deep, unadulterated praise and worship with God if we're preoccupied with other things. If we're preoccupied, Okay. You, you, you can't keep praising God and worshiping him and whatnot when you're thinking and you're worrying about what else is going on in your life. You see? You see? See? Riches. 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 Uh, uh, you, you, can be, you can be just so preoccupied with the debt and everything. Psalm, uh, I mean Psalm, Luke 8.15 says that the seeds that fell on good ground. Go to 8.15 here now. Luke 8.15. But that that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Reading it again. But that on the on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart. Honest and good heart. Having an honest and good heart. Having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience, bring forth fruit with patience. I've studied this parable many times. I've studied this parable many times, the parable of Jesus. And I used to always think that it was talking about four kinds of people. I would think it was talking about four kinds of people. Those who are resistant, those who are shallow, those who are busy, and those who are good. But this parable, in the, in the real deep analysis, this parable actually represents four attitudes that we assume. The parable represents four attitudes, we assume, because you can actually have all four attitudes in the same day. You can wind up having all four attitudes in the same day. And we're talking about those who are resistant, those who are shallow, those who are busy, and those who are good. We can have that attitude. One moment you wind up going, God, I don't want to hear you because I know what you're going to say. You wind up, you may not mouth it out loud, but you're certainly thinking it deep in your spirit. You wind up thinking, God, I really, you're praying to God and you're asking God to bless you, to give you some guidance, give you some direction. But deep in your heart of hearts, you're saying, but God, I really don't, eh, I really don't want to hear you, you know, because I, I kind of know what you're going to say, you know, you see. So, so that seeds that's really falling on stony ground. Okay. The next moment around, you wind up saying, Lord, tell me quick, because you're in a hurry. Lord, I got this prayer going out to you. What should I do? But tell me in the next 10 minutes, please. I need to know. Because you're on the way out the door. You're on the way out the door because you've got your mind made up again what it is that you're going to do. So you wind up rushing. Tell me the next minute. Then you hear it and you think it's good, but you don't do anything about it many times. 
How many times have you heard from God? Have you prayed for something? And if you, and only you can answer this deep within your spirit because only you really know. But how many times have you prayed to God about something and you got an answer? Or you felt within your spirit that this is what I need to do, but you didn't do it. Only you can answer that, but you didn't do it. You knew in your spirit of spirits that God was telling you, I want you to go and to do this, but you didn't do it. For whatever the whole, it could be a host of reasons why you don't. Host of reasons could, could be one I'm considering that, oh, gee, was if I do that, what is so-and-so going to think about me? If I do that, what, what are they going to say about me? If I do that, then that's not going to take me to my end, to my accomplished end, to what I know is good for me. Because, oh, I want this so bad. You know? <laughs> you know me in electronics and shopping online? Something that I was praying for. Saw it, saw it, and the price wasn't right. But the other prices where it was cheaper wasn't going to be available for months, a couple of months. Pray about it and whatnot, and God says, wait. But no, I want it now. I want it now. I want that new gadget. And I've gone on and I purchased that thing. Went on in person and didn't wait. And then when I got the thing, not only later on did it come out for a better price, but it didn't work. It didn't work. Had to wind up sending it back, and the person I was trying to return it to was in China and could not get a hold of them. And I had to threaten the person that it went through here in the New York State with all sorts of lawsuits and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I wasn't going to go. I certainly can't afford a massive lawsuit. But I had to write all these letters and whatnot telling people what I was going to do if I didn't get it. And I should have waited. This was the first iPhone that came out years ago. <laughs> the first iPhone. I knew in my spirit that God told me don't make that purchase, but I went on and did it anyway because I wanted to do it. When I opened up the box, the thing did not turn on at all, and I managed to get open. It was, it was nothing but packing inside. It was a total, a total phony. A total phony. But I fell for it. God told me don't buy it. You see? You see? The first iPhone, I'll never forget that. My wife will tell you. I was going crazy when I opened that thing up. All right? But I'm saying that to say the same thing happens with us in our lives about other things that we're praying and hoping for. God will tell you to do this and don't do that. But many times in our heart of hearts, we will move forward anyway. You see? And this is, this is what we need to watch out for. Okay? Because we don't wind up doing what God is telling us to do. Maybe the fruit starts to bear in your life, but then you get busy with your job or with your school or with your family or with your kids. And the weeds wind up growing. You start showing some fruit bearing in your life, but then all of a sudden you start getting, oh boy, oh boy, torn away and pulled away by the other things of life. You know, people. God bless people. We love people. We love our family. We love our children. Okay, but God knows that we can't let them stand in our way, especially when God is trying to talk to you. You have to make the decision based on what God is saying to you, not what family members or kids or your job or people at work may be saying to you. Because then these are the weeds that are, are quietly creeping into your life. They're creeping into your life to choke off the word, to choke off the seed of God's word, to choke off what God is trying to tell you. Then at other times you may wind up saying, now don't forget I said that reading this parable, I, I ascribe these are uh, various situations with the thorns and the, and the bricks, the stones and so forth that happened with various types of people. But then God showed me that we as one person, these things can happen in our lives over the space of a couple of days or so. And then at other times you wind up saying, God, whatever you want, I'm totally open to you. This is the seed that's falling on good ground. When you get to the point of saying, how, like Jesus said, however, God, Jesus was in, remember in the garden, the garden um, of Gethsemane? 
Remember when he prayed just before he was arrested and went on the cross? What did he say? Father, if if there's any way possible, let this cup pass from me. Let there be another way. Jesus knew that he was about to go to the cross. He was all of the sins of mankind was about to fall on him. Okay, all of the sins. He was going to be separated from the father. And for all of eternity, Jesus was always with God, the father. John 1 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So all the from from the beginning, Jesus was with God. and He knew it was going to happen. He says, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Let there be another way to do this. Then he said, however, Father, not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. So when you're praying and you're hoping for that thing and you're asking God for some direction, okay, what if you went into that prayer saying, however, Father, I want some direction on this, but Lord God, let your will be done. I will do whatever you want me to do. Okay? Go into that. See, many times when when, when we give it all to God like that, God like that, we have in the back of our minds, oh boy, here I go. I'm saying, Lord, I need direction in this. But Lord God, not my will, but your will be done. You're afraid of what God's will is going to be. You're afraid God's will is going to tell you, don't order that now. (laughs) Wait till wait till the holidays, you'll get a better price. You don't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that. I wanted it now. So many times when you're saying that you've got to really go to God in all honesty in your heart, saying, Lord God, I need direction in this, Lord God. Please show me what I need to do, Lord God. And then say, Lord God, not my will, but your will be done. And mean that in your heart, because God just might come back and tell you to do something else. However, God just may come through and bless what it is that you're praying for. God may also wind up deciding that which you are hoping for. Amen? Amen. God may also come out and say, yep, this is what I want you to do. And that's right in line with what you want to do. You see, but the whole thing rests on on what is the attitude of your heart? What is the attitude of your spirit? What is the attitude of what you're praying for? Are you really, really praying for God's direction and saying to God, God, I'm willing to do whatever that you tell me to do, whether it's what, what I want to do or whether it is you want to do. Lord, I'm open. I will do whatever you want me to do. That makes the difference. That makes the difference. Okay, if you go in there, go in there uh, 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 um, with a pre, uh, a pre, pre, uh, a pre uh, decision, or your mind is made up that God is going to tell me something that I don't want to do, then you're not going to hear from God, because God's going to say, "Well, well, he or she's got his mind already made up." You know, now I don't want to make you think now that God can't do whatever He wants to do. Yeah, God can choose to speak to you regardless of your attitude. He may for his reasons. But all I'm just telling you to do is that if you go in there saying to God, God, whatever it is you tell me to do, that's how I'm going to be obedient to your word. And I'm going to do it. Say, God, whatever you want, I'm totally open. This is seed falling on good ground. God has a breakthrough for you. God has a breakthrough for you, but he wants you to have an attitude of obedience so that you can bear fruit. The biblical term for bearing fruit is being successful, is being successful. When you see in Scripture, it's talking about bearing fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. That means you being successful. You see, you see, and, and God can make you successful in life, life. And everyone sitting in this room has seen success in God. Every single one, every single one within the sound of my, my voice has seen success in God. Some successes came with surprise. Some you may have worked, you may have known was in the works. Some you've been praying for. Some took a long time coming, but you wound up bearing fruit. You wound up bearing fruit. 
God wants you to be fruitful in your business. He wants you to be fruitful in your family, in your friendships. God wants you to be, be fruitful in your relationship with him and with others and in your health. Don't forget health. Health is a part of that, too, to be fruitful, to be successful. I see and talk to many Christians who have struggles in life. See, many Christians have struggles in life. And many times it's because they are not retaining God's message via a sermon or reading the Bible or even hearing from Holy Spirit. You don't know countless times how a particular word has gone out, a particular sermon has gone out. And then later on during the week, that which was preached winds up coming to bear in that person's life during the rest of the week. And then that following week, I may by accident or by God, I don't believe in accidents or, 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 um, or, or incidents. I believe that uh, or coincidence, I wind up hearing the, per, the person and talking to them. And they're complaining and talking about the very thing that was preached on this past Sunday. That past Sunday was preached on. OK, but they heard the word of God. The seed went forth, but it fell on stony ground. It fell where it fell into the weeds. Where the other stuff that was going on simply choked out God's word. Amen? Amen? So, so when we hear the word of God, we got to let that word sink deeply within our spirits. So many times they wind up not retaining it. Or something that you're reading in scripture. How many times have you read something in scripture and then it winds up coming to, coming to pass later on that day or that week or that month? We've got to be prepared. The word of God explains, explains this in the scripture in the seeds that fell by the wayside. Let's read the whole parable now so that we can get it into the proper context. Let's go to our, um, Luke 8. Start, start with Luke 8, 8, chapter 8 and verse number. Let me go to Jesus' explanation, verse number 10. Okay. Well, verse number 9 says, His disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? 10 says, And Jesus said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, unless they should believe and be saved. Okay, so the first ones are they that that hear the word of God and then comes the devil. Then comes a challenge. Then comes a temptation. Then comes an issue in life. And right away, that word that you just heard is forgotten and is stolen away. Okay, verse number 13 says they on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. And they and they and they and I'm sorry. And these have no root, which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. Okay. So these are those that come to church, enjoy the, the praise music, jumping around, hallelujah, Lord, and everyone's jumping and dancing and clapping and having a good time. And the word of God is being preached and you hear him, amen, brother, yes, sister, hallelujah, Lord, oh, yes, all during the sermon, which is, which is great. I love your people say amen during sermons. That's okay. That's fine. And they're really active and then they're receiving it. They're receiving, oh, boy, and you can see in their faces, they're sitting on the edge of the seat receiving the word. And then... They go outside in the parking lot and the sister that is or brother that's parked behind them all of a sudden has them blocked in. They stop, dog bite it, jump out of the car, turn around and start cussing at that brother and sister. Just left the church. You got me blocked in. What happened to the word? 
The minute there was opposition in their life, what was preached stolen away? The minute that we leave here, you will many times see, you many times see that what was preached about can come to pass in your life within the week. Within the week. Within the week. Many times you'll see that. And what was preached, if that seed, if that word is falling the way it just fell here, you will forget totally against And I have seen so many people that do that. They will hear a word on Sunday and then that during the week, that temptation or some issue of life comes up and everything. Just what that word that came out on Sunday was about and how totally they forget it. And they wind up being demoralized. They wind up being stressed out. They are, um, you see, the, the, those that by the wayside are those when they come to them and take away the word out of their hearts. Let's just, I'm sorry, 13. They on the rock are they which when they hear, receive the word with joy, but there has no root. In other words, the, 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 the word of God has not really taken root in their spirits. There has no root, which for a while they wind up believing. They believe while the sermon is being preached and in time of temptation they fall away. Verse number 14 says, and that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to preparate to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Okay, they that heard the word, keep it and bring forth much fruit, bring forth much fruit. The word explains exactly what it is that we wind up going through in life. So how do we prevent our circuits from being too busy and retain God's word? It's very simple. It's the, the, the steps are here, read, study, memorize, and meditate. We hear the word of God. Hearing the word from godly pastors and teachers provides insight into others' study of the scriptures as well as stimulating your own appetite for the word of God. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? The people that you're listening to should be stimulating your appetite for the word of God. Podcasts and online audio Bibles are also available if you're really, really thirsty for the word of God. There are many good ways that you can get the word of God even when you're out of church. We have a Genesis 1 um, our, our podcast site. You can certainly go through and download any one of those sermons and listen to it while you're in the car. Write down the scriptures that we hear and read in Sunday services. Romans 10, 11 to 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. James uh, 1, 22 to 25 says you be doers of the word as well as hearers. Matter of fact, why don't we go there real quickly? James 1. Thank you, Jesus. James 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 22. Thank you, Jesus. James 1, 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man uh, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goeth his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being, a, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Okay? So you can hear the word of God, but then if you're not doing what the word of God says, then, then can you imagine this? You're, you're just like the person. You go imagine you looking in the mirror at yourself. And then you walk away from that mirror and you forget what you look like. <laughs> I mean, is that even possible? 
You look in the mirror at yourself and you forget what you look like. Okay? You don't recognize yourself. <laughs> My dad, God bless him, one time we were in a, in a crowded department store and those mirrors in the men's section that have those columns that have mirrors on them so when you're trying on a coat you can look in the mirror and see how you look on it so forth. He told us later on, he said he was in the store and it was crowded and he was walking towards and he saw this man that didn't look familiar he was right in his way and then he realized he was looking at the mirror of himself. <laughs> he was looking at the mirror of himself. And he cracked up, he cracked up, I mean, boy, oh boy, he had a, I don't know what, where his mind was, what he was thinking of. But can you imagine walking up to yourself in a store mirror and not recognizing yourself? So this is the word of God he is saying, it's like the man that looks in the mirror. It's, it's like the man for, uh, for he beholds himself. Oh, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But those who look up into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, being, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Back to the subject at hand. If you're reading the word of God, then we need to not only hear the word of God, but we need to do what the word of God is actually saying. Okay, because otherwise it's not going to wind up bearing fruit that's in your life. Reading the Bible, reading is the other thing. Reading the Bible gives an overall picture of God's word. How is the word of God to be read? The Holy Scriptures are to be read with the understanding whose word it is. God's. The word of God is God's words. God speaks to you through the, through, the, uh, through the Bible. Only he can make you understand it. And if you're reading the word of God and you're not asking God for understanding, then that's not doing you any good either. When you sit down to read the Bible, and if you're really seriously sitting down to read a scripture for the day or for your prayer time, you should always spend a few moments in prayer saying, Lord God, reveal to me what these scriptures are saying. Reveal what your word is about to say to me as I read it. Because otherwise, these, these are just, you know, black ink on a white page here that means nothing. God's word is life. God's word is life. Studying. The scripture says to study to show yourself approved. Studying the scriptures leads to a personal discoveries of God's truth. Writing down or recording them on your, on your, on your, uh, uh, your iPad or on your electronic device. These discoveries help you to organize and remember them. And remember them, you, you know, and I, I, I don't understand how, how anyone can, can go to church and not have a not have a Bible, not have a Bible that they have the ability to mark up or to make some kind of indications in in some highlights or something. You know, but I do see some people that go. I remember one time I had a secretary that told me that when she became a born again Christian and started going to a good full gospel church, she was surprised that she how many people had Bibles. And she went out and bought a Bible and she told me, she said, I had never owned a Bible before. Yes, so she's been going to church for 30 years, 30 years and never owned a Bible. I was wondering how then, how, can, how then can you really get deeply immersed in the word? OK, but there are many, many people that don't use Bibles, even in some churches. The only person that has a Bible is the pastor that's up there reading from it. OK, but if you are really studying God's word, just like when you are in school, you certainly can't sit in a classroom without a textbook. You can't sit in a classroom without marking up something. Or writing some notes down something if you're really serious about rem remembering what it is that you're studying. It's the same thing with God's word. In, in Acts 17, uh, verse 10, it talks about how they studied the word daily. Memorize it. Memorizing God's word enables the use of the sword of the spirit to overcome Satan and temptations. To have it readily available for witnessing or helping others with a word in season. Scripture memory stimulates meaningful meditation. 
Okay. Now, I'm not just saying to go and just memorize everything because the easiest way for you to memorize things is by you reading them. And what you will find is that <clears throat> is, is that um, when Scripture gets deeply, deeply, uh, uh, um, how can I say, planted in your spirit, it's not intellectual memory that brings it back to, me- to remembrance. It's the Holy Spirit. And memorizing those scriptures, having those scriptures deep within your spirit, you will find that when you are in difficulty, when things are going on challenging in your life, you will find that those scriptures will bubble up from your spirit and they will come back to mind. You will be able to recall exactly what those scriptures were saying. You will recall what God was saying at that particular time. The other thing that we need to do is to meditate on it. It's the last thing I want to dwell on here. Psalm 46.10 says, To be still. And know that I am God. That is the most important step. When you've got all of this stuff that's going on in your life, when you're praying to God, when you're asking for direction, and you're, and you're wondering where you're heading and what's, what's going what's to pan out, the most important thing for you to remember is Psalm 46.10 is one of my favorite scriptures. is to be still and know that I am God. God is God. God is God. And if you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a blood-washed, born-again Christian, God is your God. He's your God. You just need to be still and remember that. So many times when you've got the, the, the thorns trying to come up in your life and choke out the word of God to, to, to bring you down, to make you lose hope for whatever's going on, you need to remember that, that God is God and that he is there. God has promised that if you draw near to him, that he will indeed draw near to you. It isn't something that, you, that you're thinking about doing. God said that he will do it. He's, he's going to do and will do and has done. As you move forward into the week ahead of you, think about the many blessings that God has already shown you. Think about the many times that God has guided you. Think about the many times when you thought, the, the, thought the, everything was just falling apart in your life, that God stepped in and showed you what, a way is, what the way is for you. And God will continue to do that. But we have to trust him. We have to trust him. And more importantly, you've got to go in there saying that, Lord, yes, here I come to you in prayer. Lord, I'm coming before you, Lord, and I'm lifting up this situation to you, Lord. I praise you. I magnify thy name. I give it over to you, Lord. And then, Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. You can't go there being, you know, presupposed that God's going to tell me to do this, but I'm still going to buy that iPhone. <laughs> okay. You can't go that way because all that will do is bring, is bring disaster into your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.